Fight! Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. Uh, you want to start this off with the classic question. If you can fight anyone in any era, who would you fight and why? Why don't you start first this time, Arturo? All right. My answer is Juju Smith-Schuster. Really? All right. Before yes. you say anything, I was thinking of an athlete, too. I wasn't sure what to go with right away or whether to throw anything off. So I love that you just picked an athlete. Yeah. So Juju Smith-Schuster... I mean, I really haven't liked him ever. I'm notorious for disliking the Steelers. And Juju recently had a video with Ryan Garcia, like learning some boxing and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I would totally want to match with Juju. Yeah, he just bothers me. Obviously, like his TikTok dances. You're, you're too old. The things you said about like the Browns and the Browns beat you. Even your name, your name, you have two last names, your first name. It's not even Juju. Your name is John. Juju, <laughs> like you're an adult. Juju, it's just weird. Yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking Juju Smith Schuster. All right. So, what are the stats on Juju Smith? Juju Smith is 24 years old, six foot one, and 215 pounds. A strong NFL athlete. How do you see that fight playing out? I'm. I mean, he's a great athlete. I. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. That should be fun. <laughs> the way I saw you, him boxing and Ryan Garcia showing him how to do things, he did not look very good. You would start standing up. You wouldn't immediately just try to take him down and bring him into no, your no. I, You know, actually, any fight, I would stay standing until I wanted to go down. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely have an inclination. I'm long, I'm rangy, I have a good ju judge of distance, I, I think. So I will always entertain stand-up unless I feel like I'm really being beat. Okay. Which, I mean, who knows? Juju is a great athlete. He's very fast, obviously. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the know-how, the ring savvy he doesn't have. But, yeah, that, that's who my pick is. And if I could pick a coach for this one, I don't need, like, an MMA guy. So I was going to go with Von Bell. Von Bell made that uh, big hit on him this year after talking trash. Oh, really? And so I just feel like him being in my corner because he wants me to beat him really bad, too. I don't need anyone technical. I just need someone kind of like amping me up. That would be the pick. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I was actually – now I feel like I'm going to steal your answer, but I was thinking along the football lines, too. Okay. I was thinking, I was thinking somebody on the Eagles because I hate the Eagles. <laughs> um, and today I was listening to uh, – for us the hobby right gsp's former coach uh and i love his like i just love his philosophy on fighting and the way he breaks fighting down and he said something about blue belts that what he felt a blue belt should be is somebody that has enough experience to defeat somebody that's like bigger and stronger but that doesn't have ground experience right and so i was thinking like i would like to see myself against an athlete just to see like all right do i deserve my blue belt mm -hmm. But obviously, I can't do an O lineman or a D lineman. Yeah, that, that that's a weird. That's a even that is not much of a line to draw. Like like someone bigger and stronger than you. That could be someone like 
you know, they lift an extra 30 pounds than you, maybe they have an extra 20 pounds in weight on you versus someone that's like the mountain. Yeah, no. So I was thinking like uh, Deshaun Jackson, because Deshaun Jackson's like 5'10", 175, 180, and just obviously super fast and nimble and agile. Okay. But uh, also really prone to getting hurt. Prone to getting hurt. Also broke my heart so many times, like hurting the Giants. Okay. And so like, I, I also just want to see like, how hard is it to tackle like an NFL player? Can I eventually mm. get him down with some chain wrestling, like picking his ankle, like being quick? I mean, he's bigger than me and stronger than me and faster than me. Right. But if it's like a closer ring, can I get him down? Like that would just be exciting. And he's not so much bigger and stronger, like as other NFL athletes, he's probably in the lower 10% in terms of size for an NFL athlete. So I feel like that would just be such a great challenge, you know? Okay. Yeah. That to try. And I don't think I would start with standing up with him, obviously, because I feel like he's just fast and strong and who knows, I want to just try to get him down, get close and like kind of clinch and see if I could bring him down. I think that would be, an exciting challenge and okay. yeah if i could do that that could make up for some of the pain he gave me as an eagle that's funny so in this same realm not necessarily for this particular fight but if you can pick your walkout theme song what would it be all right so first like just some artists that i think like i feel like dmx always just gets me like hype and he just sounds like an animal and like a dog and i just feel like it would be fun to come out to okay. also rage against the machine. If I want to get like a little bit more rock and roll, I'll go with rage against the machine, like bulls on parade, something mm. like that. I feel like that would be my, Oh no, I'm sorry. If this is going against the Eagles and Deshaun Jackson, I'm going to come out to the giants theme song. ACDC <laughs> AC, hell's bells. All right, so if it if it's an eagle, it's Hell's Bells, ACDC. But if it's not, then you're thinking Bulls on Parade, Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. Okay, all right. That's funny because Bulls on Parade was one of, like, my contenders for the walkout song, too. I did pick another Rage song, though. Oh, really? Look at this. Yeah, I picked, I picked Killing in the Name of. Okay. And I was thinking Walk by Pantera. Those are, like, my top two walkout theme songs. I don't know if my mentality going into the ring would be like, I could kill you, you know? Like, I just think I would always not have that switch in my head. Yeah, maybe, where... but it's also there for your opponent too. You know what I mean? Yeah, psych him out. Yeah. That's what I was thinking also a happy song. <laughs> like, I love, I love dancing in the moonlight. That might trick the guy. I feel like I've seen like... someone come out to that or something like that before. Right, like the happy song, something that just makes you feel good, get in the zone. Like, you know, maybe I don't need to be like so angry and like amped. Yeah. Maybe it's going to try to be like Fedor or something and just chill. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, for me, in order to invoke speed out of me, like in order to be able to move fast, fast switch, uh, anger has to be my motivation. But if I'm just trying to be loose in the ring, then yeah, I understand that type of approach to it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you said a keyword that I've been thinking about a lot this week. Uh -huh. So I want to ask you this question about motivation, right? Okay. If all things are equal, is it better to fight somebody that has nothing to lose 
Or is it better to fight somebody that has everything to lose? Like, what's uh, more dangerous? Well, are you asking for me, like, personally, or are you just thinking general across the board? In general, across the board. Like, you know how they say, like, there's nothing more dangerous than, like, a wounded animal. You know, there's, like, some people that, like, when BJ Penn was fighting George St. Pierre, like, BJ Penn was saying, like, he's rich and he fights for, like, the love, right? Like, he doesn't need right. to fight. He just wants to fight. Where St. Pierre, that time, I think, was saying, like, he needs to fight. Yeah. So I think, personally, I've always done best when I have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Then I have, like, no pressure. Like, every time I've competed in, like, an advanced bracket and grappling and stuff, like, I'm the lowest belt, I'm the lowest rank, and I like that because I'm expected to lose. So I feel like the pressure's on the other person. I'm going to tap out a black belt or something. You know what I mean? Like they feel, yeah. oh, I should win this. And I like them feeling that. Like if they think they, they're comfortable with that, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's like my personal approach. But across the board, I don't know. I guess it depends on like how you find motivation as an individual versus your opponent as well. Because there's people that are like fighting to keep food on their you know, kids' plates. And, and exactly and get that check so like they can be fighting with a ferocious animosity with that i've never been in that predicament so i can't really vouch for that being effective you know but i, I can totally understand how that is i would lean to say that probably is the most motivation theoretically though just take it a step further that mm -hmm. person that has trouble putting food on the table for his family and is like fighting for that like necessity yeah that would mean he doesn't have the most resources and so maybe he doesn't have the best training or he loses some focus in training you know like if you have ultimate access to everything and you just train for fun non-stop you know what I mean are you like better like is that more dangerous and it's like just pure love but I, I was thinking about that too because of this last UFC, right? With like Francis Ngannou and Yeah, that is that's a great question. We should put that on a poll on our Instagram page and just see what listeners think and what other people think. Cause that that's an interesting question. Because sometimes I feel like I've had an easy life, you know, and that doesn't make me as gritty as some other people. And I wonder But not everyone needs that as their motivation, you know? Yeah, I know. Maybe that's my excuse. All right. So going back to your approach to fighting, it sounds like most of your fighting, you'd, you'd want to take someone down. I just feel like I'm a smaller person and mm -hmm. that would be my advantage. I wouldn't be scared of standing totally because I'm kind of fast and I would want to just see like how that other person moves. So I can like judge their athleticism a little bit. And you would want to get a feel for the person before you made that decision. Like what if this person, you know, is definitively a better grappler than you? Oh, but right now, so far in all the games that we picked, I'm picking yes. people that I, yeah, I think yeah. are not like, but if they're a better grappler than me, then no, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but okay. I'm trying to strike them. I, I want to try to win, you know? Okay. And, all right. So here, here's another question for you. Uh, Cause I don't know this. And uh, obviously I don't think our listeners know this of all the striking arts. Do you have a pecking order? Like your preference? No, I, I believe they're all awesome. And I haven't trained so much stand-up. It was more just like MMA stand-up. And it was mm -hmm. like some boxing or some Muay Thai and some knees. And yeah. so for me, like, I think you told me this quote that BJ Penn said, and I'm not sure if it's true, but like, he was like, everybody should learn grappling because most people don't know what happens on the ground. And then 
He was like, everybody knows how to strike. And I think you should use everything. You should use your elbows, you should use your knees. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, like I would respect like Muay Thai maybe the most, right? Just because it uses everything. Yeah, uh, Muay Thai definitely does. It's the one I actually dislike training the most. Yeah, and I know I hate getting kicked in the legs. And I feel like, yeah, elbows are underrated. When we used to just do like simple, like basement boxing and stuff like that, I remember like, mm -hmm. I always felt like it was easier to get dirty. And if you can just like go in with like an elbow than hitting somebody with like a clean jab, like I always feel like I respect that type of fighting. Yeah, so BJ Penn is, 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 is right, but it is kind of misleading like everyone knows how to throw a punch everyone thinks they know how to throw a punch or every how about this everyone's capable of throwing a punch but yeah. is it a good punch is it you know like that's a different story so i get that like not everyone knows how to do an arm bar most people don't even understand an arm bar at least most people understand what a punch is and even if it's really poorly done they can still do it exactly but most people can't even do an arm bar so I, I, I get what BJ Penn says. I just think that most people don't know how to throw a great punch either. That's Even when they do, like, let's say, because I, I tend to think like most athletes who have played like a throwing ball sport, typically, if you know how to throw well, you understand mechanics for punching, you know, like driving off the foot, turning the hip through the shoulder, like all that stuff. But even those people, don't understand how to read distance, don't understand how to set their shot up, don't understand the footwork to it. So it's one of those things where it's like, I think most people think they know how to throw a punch. But if you step into the ring with someone that does really know, you're in big trouble also. Exactly. There's yeah. levels to all these, right. these games and whatnot. I feel like for my level, I don't think I would ever be like good enough to be like a clean boxer or anything like that. I think I would want to try to make it dirty and like bring you to the ground yeah. and be scrappy and try to like, you know, make it like a dirty fight. And Okay. So how about this? So how about you have all these different striking discipline arts and let's say you can get like the top coach in each of these arts that would specifically gear it for MMA, let's say, right? Okay. Where would you put an art like karate? Give me the things that you'd put above it. And maybe if you know some things you'd put below karate, for instance. Oh, that's a great question. So yeah, karate gets like a bad rap, I think nowadays. And I also think I said in the first episode, like I did Taekwondo when I was younger mm -hmm. and I thought it was kind of stupid, but mm -hmm. I still feel like it's like a fundamental thing. Like you learn how to be on your toes. Like, you know, you learn how to throw like a strike. Like, right. you know, you're like, you're learning how to learn from a teacher, like a sensei. So I feel yeah. like there is like, good to karate oh yeah but, i definitely um, don't mean it to like demean any martial art in that instance because any martial art can be effective you just have to know when and how to apply it and like exactly. you know mma is its own sport with its own rule set so some martial arts aren't going to be good for that specific rule set that doesn't mean that martial art is not you know applicable in its own sport or even as a self-defense system in some other realm I just ask about karate because there are people that go into MMA with a karate background that really know how to adapt it well. And there's other people that don't. So I'm interested yeah, so, to see like what you think. So what was the question again exactly? So if you have to make like a pecking order for you, like again, like if you have a, the best coach in the world that can gear this striking art for your MMA game, 
if you're making this list, where is karate? Like, give me, like you said, Muay Thai would be number one. So, okay, Muay Thai, you'd put above karate. What would you put below karate? Uh-huh. Would you put um, Taekwondo below karate then? I feel like Taekwondo is karate. It's not karate. It is a separate discipline. It is oh. like karate. Okay, then I'll put Taekwondo underneath karate then. So when you say karate, you're talking about like Leota Machida, like... Yes, Wonder like, Boy. Wonder Boy. Oh, Wonder Boy is amazing. So yeah. I'm going to have Wonder Boy striking. I, so in some things, like I think like managing distance and stuff like that, I feel like karate is awesome. Like you can it just is. slide in and you can be yeah. quick. And I personally like people that are a little bit awkward since I'm a smaller type person, like I think I've always needed to rely on more creativity than fundamentals. Okay. And so maybe I would put like karate like high for my game. Like maybe it would be like Muay Thai and karate and then like boxing and other things. Okay, you know? all right, that's interesting, okay. Because for me, like if I am already like trying to weave in and out and make things awkward, yeah, once it's inside, I feel like anybody knows how to punch. So if I had to practice more, it would be like these kicks and managing distance and okay. being able to like weave in and out because I feel like that would help me also try to get takedowns and things. So yeah, I think maybe I would do like Muay Thai, karate, and then like boxing and then all the other. Okay. Art. All right. Like even like uh, Tony Ferguson trains in like Wing Chun and for our listeners that may not know what Wing Chun is, I mean, this is just my impression from what I've seen of Wing Chun but it's like those wooden dummies where they put their forearms and hit like the arms of that dummy. And then they use their elbow and hand to go up and down. And it looks like they're just like battling these wooden pegs. Okay. Wing Chun is a concept based traditional Southern Chinese Kung Fu style and form of self-defense that requires quick arm movements and strong legs to defeat opponents. Right. Softness, via relaxation and performance of techniques in a relaxed manner is fundamental to Wing Chun. Right. So Tony Ferguson, for example, has attributed Wing Chun and everyone talks about how good his elbows are from the bottom and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's Wing Chun. That's why I do Wing Chun. He found like where it can be applied. Like if he's in the bottom and guard of any sort, he has these ways of like using his frames with his forearms and elbows to like use it to not only to create distance to get up potentially or make a move, but also to slam you along the way, like striking you. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of cool. So like, it would be interesting to have a coach of each art that like, so like I might actually go on Orthodox and pick all of those weird ones if they could, you know, like that, that can kind of be cool. Okay. Here's yeah. another quote about Wing Chun. In Wing Chun, it is the goal to maintain one's feelings of opponent's movements by staying relaxed, all the while keeping in strength to fight back, much like the flexible nature of bamboo. I feel like I like when they combine like Kung Fu and nature, you know, and like bamboo is a wood and, you know, the stiff woods in the, in the wind snap. Right. It's the flexible woods in the wind that are able to survive, you know, and grow taller. Yeah, yeah, And I think yeah. it's, like, one of those, like, I love, like, looking at fighting in some of those ways, like, you know, using... Yeah, I, I love that Eastern philosophy that comes with all those traditional martial arts, too. There's definitely takeaways from every martial art. I actually had a student, too, that told me in Southern China, it's more city, urban-based. And so the type of Kung Fu that they teach in Southern China is a lot more like based on alleys and like quick close quarter fighting. 
where in northern China or western China where it's more open and I think like you know like the Shaolin style like it's more like fighting in a field and you have these more extravagant moves you know oh, that might not so you might find this interesting my buddy Scott uh, had recently sent me a video about this Chinese MMA fighter almost like McDojo life where he's trying to debunk all those like no touch martial arts or even but this guy's going a step further and he's trying to like call out a lot of traditional martial arts and be like yo i'll beat them up and china as a state is like trying to quiet this guy because really like, that's a huge part of their history and mm -hmm. they feel it being like an attack on the state of china so they're like silencing this guy now it's very interesting story i'll have to send you the link i think it's right up your alley but yeah that, that, that's like whoa that, that's kind of crazy China's crazy because China used to hate Bruce Lee and didn't really want to promote Bruce Lee as much because he was born in America. And uh -huh. like it was like the new communist regime was where Bruce Lee's philosophy was like, learn something from everyone. You know, it wasn't right. like, God bless the Chinese government. It was learn something from everyone, learn every art. He was shunned in China. He was shunned in America. But then like after his death, now he's popularized more as like a saint, you know, like for, and the Chinese people always loved him. I'm talking more from the perspective of the government, like how the government felt about right. Bruce Lee. Interesting how like China identifies so much because their, their martial arts is a big part of their history too. So I'm like, oh, that's, it's an interesting nuance to a weird situation there. And you want to give the image of strength for most of the 19th century and 18th century, China got dominated by the western world and everything and so mm -hmm. now like they're trying to be like look we're strong we're bad and so i guess like the image of strength is just as important as actual strength yeah i guess so yeah all right so since we're talking about other countries and whatnot there's been some talk right since francis some people are saying francis is the third african champion in the ufc yeah like how do you feel about where fighters should rep where they're from because some people are saying maybe francis should rep uh france you know where then he like got in and immigrated and was able to like start his training or same thing like israel adesanya reps both nigeria and new zealand like what are your thoughts on that yeah it's weird it's hard to create hard lines in some of these situations like i understand if you grew up in a country that was tough and made you who you are but now you live in another country to better your own life. So I can see like repping the previous country that gave you all those hardships. You're still attributing that as to like, that's what made you who you are, despite this new country absolutely being your better fit, but you're not repping them. So I can see that being like a diss to that country too. I guess it would just be, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a line to draw. It would be a certain amount of time. Like if, if you were born in Nigeria, for example, and moved when you're four years old, don't rep Nigeria. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I would say, like, you should have your formula of years there. You should have spent up until, like, age, I don't know, 14 or 15 in that place to rep it. If you're there less than 15 years and you're not currently living there, then you should, probably shouldn't rep it. That, that's my personal feeling. It's almost like a diss to the country you're living in now. Like, imagine, you know, like, all those people that, like, I love Italy, but you're born in America. You live in America. I get you're proud of your Italian heritage, but don't bring an Italian flag to, you know, if you have it in, a, in conjunction with an American flag, 
okay, that's fine. But to have it instead of an American flag, I'm like, that's kind of a diss. Okay. <laughs> how do you, so how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think people are allowed to rep whatever they want to rep. I feel like people, sure. are gonna get, people are gonna get angry regardless. There's always like a little bit of, one of the things I love about the UFC and MMA is I feel like there's a lot less racism than in the real world. I feel like people respect you more for like who you are on the mats, like who you are as a person, oh, yeah. like, you know, like yeah. what is your skill level? Like it was more like internet trolling because I feel like Francis seemed like such a humble, nice guy. He's like, Oh, like I, he like loved everybody. Loved Stipe. He was like proud of where he's yeah. from. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be like judging Francis. Yeah. Personally. Most people yeah. don't know about, I think like West Africa. So I think it's also like, Oh, people don't know about it. I want people to know about it. And maybe, yeah, like the same thing with the Italian guy. He's like, I want people to, it's more, maybe it's more for his parents, right? Because we're always like following tradition. Right. So his parents might be happy. So I don't right. feel like you should let people like rep who they want to rep. Oh, Tito yeah. I, I, so I, I definitely didn't mean to come off like, oh, they shouldn't do that. No, you I didn't. Would, you didn't come oh, off okay, that. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Yeah. America has given me so much. So like if I were to rep like my heritage over like my current country, that would be wrong for me. But, you know, if I spent my formative years, like, you know, like people that are in the favelas in like Brazil and stuff and that like made mm -hmm. like they went through so much hardship. And you're like, wow, I'm surprised they want to represent that because it was like, but it also made them like so strong and tough. And they're like, yes, that's why. And like you're using that flag almost as a means of like, no, we must fix this. I came from this. I have found success. Let's do this together. You know, like there could be a lot of positive message was just like embracing that flag but it's one of those things where i'm like i don't know if you were if you had if you were three years old when you moved out of the country and are just doing it to like you know i want to be on the blue team you know you're like <laughs> you grow up you know yeah see like if i want a championship in something i feel like i would rep india a little bit because mm -hmm. india doesn't have many successful athletes there's a couple of gold medal wrestlers, but nobody really knows everybody's name, you know? Like it's, so like, I feel like maybe that's also why people want to promote where they came from, even if it's young, because, you know, just to like hype the respect and where they are from, like maybe they feel like they owe something. But I also like Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz would bring out the Mexican flag, the American flag, and he'd always like Huntington Beach. So right. it's like a city too. It wasn't even like a big place. It was like my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I like that. It's like, if you have that in conjunction with your American flag, I'm like, that's like the ultimate yeah. for me. The, the ultimate is Genki Sudo. He had the whole world flag and he's like, we are one and he would fight for humanity. Yeah, for the listeners that don't know, Genki Sudo is a Japanese MMA athlete retired many years ago. After every single fight, he would hold up a flag that was basically every flag of every country and in the middle, this huge text, and also the world flag in the middle, and mm -hmm. it said, we are all one. And it was such a nice, good message after every fight that was like universally accepted. And for the listeners, he's a very entertaining fighter. He fought in a time, I think he only probably weighed like 140 or something. Uh, and they had him fight guys like Butterbean, you know, who weighs like 300 pounds. They had him fight mm -hmm. big guys, small guys, he fought like Hoyler Gracie style was so wild orthodox. He was great at striking. He was a wrestler. He was great at jujitsu. Uh, he's definitely a super entertaining highlight reel. 
Jenki Sudo. That's G-E-N-K-I, last name, Sudo, S-U-D-O. All right, so here's, here's what I really wanted to actually go over. We talked about this a little bit last time, but where do you think the future of the sport goes in relation to rule changes, judging, you know, the infrastructure set up for the sport? If it goes like, I don't trust these governing bodies, right? And, and you see in a lot of sports, like it really does become about the business. So baseball wanted more home runs, you know? Football wanted more touchdowns. And so I think you're going to see like MMA is going to want less wrestling and more stand-up. So I feel like there may be these types of rules that come in the future. I hope not though. Um, but I could definitely see like things favoring more the entertaining fighters for regular people. All right. So what if I, I'll play contrarian a little bit here. What if UFC just went about of saying not just, making it better for strikers but what if they're like oh we're just opening up more finishing potential like both finishes on the floor and finishes standing up would you be okay if there was a rule set or something that geared it in that fashion less decisions what i would like to change with the rules of mma is i kind of want to bring back pride rules where i think the first round should be 10 minutes and I think then the second, then like you have the third round, that's like five minutes. And I think I would like to see more changes with scoring, like having half points. But I feel like, yeah, if you want to make it more like a fight, the first round should be longer, right? And the idea is most fights do, like should just continue. And then, yeah, if it is the last of 10 minutes, yeah, you should get a minute break. Because yeah, if like you were fighting in the street or something, realistically, it would have been broken up by then, like, you know, so neither of you clearly dominated enough to fully win you should each get a minute break talk with your coaches like think something through and then have another opportunity at it i liked pride rules in that sense i loved the 10 minute first round and the five minute second round and they weren't judged by rounds they were judged by the entire fight Mm -hmm. that was how they made decisions so it wasn't like this guy won the first round this guy won the second round it was like no of the 15 minutes who won most of it and that would that was just how it was judged. So you didn't have really like those split decisions and stuff. It was usually very a lot more evident. And I think that would help judging in that instance mm-hmm. a bit more. And I also think the 10 minute first round, like without that minute rest after the first five minutes, it can get pretty freaking tiring. And that's just exactly. that much more geared towards a finish. Right. I mean, we love pride. Like how many finishes were in pride? You could argue that maybe that helped shape it a bit. I, I think it's also geared towards the uh, grappler, right? Because then they have more time to work. Like, cause once the half is over, then you start standing up again. You know, you're not starting, once the round is over, you have to start standing yes. up again instead of being on the ground still, it gives you more time to work. And also like, I think part of grappling is draining your opponent of energy. And so you mm-hmm. want that extra time to have them defending that. Yes, but pride was in a ring and I don't think a ring is conducive for grappling at all. Okay. Yeah, that's fair too. As soon as you were getting inside the ropes, like you can't use the cage to like, I don't know. It was weird every time they hit the ropes in a grappling scenario. They either like reset them or stood them back up. Yeah. Plus like cage fighting is this whole other realm. So if you have the ring, you take away that element too. So I, yeah, it's interesting. Like if you, if you were to put the 10 minute round and the five minute second round in UFC in that cage, 
it would favor grappling way more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. Yeah, for not a good thing in entertainment purposes or for the idea of fighting purposes. Right. I mean, maybe if you're looking at it like as like, oh, this is the best representation of self-defense or something. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'm just yeah. looking at it like I just want more finishes in MMA. Less, less bad judges' decisions. So, okay. So, you're talking about pride rules. Pride also didn't allow elbows. Do you want no elbows also then? No. Pride. no, no okay. No. But I also love still with pride is the yellow card. If you're avoiding the fight, you should get penalized and like they take part of your purse, right? Where it's like, dude, you get yellow carded. Like, you're clearly not engaging, you're butt scooting or something. And so like, yeah, if you're afraid of that, then you're clearly not in a position to win. Yeah, that can get a little murky waters. I can see in some instances where you're like, yo, but this is how I fight. Like, this is how I have to engage to win or something. And the judge determines or the ref determines it to be like, well, no, this is non-confrontational. You're like, well, no, this is my style. Maybe they have a different, unique style or something, you know, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Do you think there's any other rules you would add or change or take away that might help the sport? Or do you think that will happen over time? Because I think more finishes would definitely help the popularity, right? Yeah, but it also maybe creates more long-term risk with things like cte and like how right. the sport is perceived and exactly. like is it that to make brutal? it somewhat safe yeah you have to like that's why I like the eye gouging thing like you need the right equipment to keep the athletes. Like, yep yeah because this isn't war war you know like it's like close simulation like battle but like you have to still um so pride didn't allow elbows because of cuts they didn't want people getting cut that was like a layoff. Like it's also. I don't get why cuts are such a big deal. You get cut, you get stitched up at the end. Like I feel like you should fight through it. Like you know, disinfection. Blood can go in your eyes and blind you. For me, I've yeah, always yeah. thought a, a cut should end a fight. When people are like, oh, it ended by cut, they like get disappointed. And I'm like, yeah, that guy did that to him. What do you mean? He didn't just fall and get cut on his face. In that sense, I agree with you, but it's not like a pain thing and it's not like something that I think will ruin their lives. Right. If I cut you over your brow, if I split your brow open and you're bleeding into your eye and you can't see through that eye, that for sure should stop the fight. Even if it's gut wide open where the risk of infection is huge now, or it can get even bigger again, I beat you then. You know what I mean? If you decided to carry on fighting, I'm going to win this fight. Most likely. It's like Most, breaking your arm, right? Okay, yeah, you can continue to fight. With a broken arm, I think that's like, it's like obviously those are things that can become life-altering. Where I feel like a cut, I don't know, look, I've never been cut like that, like massively, but I just feel like... A doctor will come in and evaluate the cut, right? So like, if it's not a problem, cool. If the doctor's like, yo, problem, then it's a problem. But why not like just spackle some Vaseline on there? And you're like, all right, fine. Like, let's do this. Like, because it won't stop the bleeding. It'll stop the bleeding if he doesn't get punched again. If he gets punched again, then it'll start opening up. All right. So they give him like one more time to get punched. Like, yeah. all right, continue the fight. But if you get punched one time, we're calling it. I don't know. I just, it just feels a little like when it's like a cut, like it's always like, oh. yeah. Like, I get it. You're like- right. The other person created it. It's not right. cheap at all. But right. I just feel like ah, there should be something done to like let the guy continue, to try to continue. Like he could still clearly fight. It's more yeah, like cosmetic. That. Okay. So you're pro or con against elbows? 
or you're pro elbows, but you're against cuts. Yeah, I'm pro elbow. And if there's a cut, there's a cut, like whatever, okay. deal with it. Okay. Like, you know, right. I think elbow is like one of the most important limbs and I just feel like powerful. So why would you limit that? You can't limit that. Okay. Uh, knees to the head of a downed opponent. I feel yeah. like what you said is true where it's hard to generate so much more power. So it looks more dangerous than it is. And yeah, we have to be like aware of that. And yeah, that makes it a little bit more harder for wrestlers, which is good, right? Because wrestlers with these other rule changes that we're giving like yeah. 10 minutes and stuff, it gives them an advantage. I think it's good for the non-wrestlers to be able to be able to stop the takedown and knee. Okay. And I'm not even thinking of what style of fight. I'm just thinking like more weapons to finish without putting the fighters at too much risk. Yeah. That's like the I, approach I would take. The soccer kick to me is the scariest thing. And okay. I don't know, I don't know if society could handle that. I agree. So I don't know if I would, I think like that's where I start to like limit. But what if I, what if I, get, I, I, this is what I believe, but what if I gave you the scenario of kicks to the, kicks to a downed opponent is okay if you are also downed. Yeah, that I agree with. Cause then okay. leg lockers will get kicked in the face a lot more. And I think. Yeah, that, that would like nullify the leg game quite a bit. If someone's exactly. got a heel hook, I'm taking my free leg and just healing them right in the face. Yep. Exactly. Um, as, yeah. as soon as possible. I also find it weird if someone's on their knees in your guard that you can't upkick them. Exactly. Silva Okami, right? Yes, Back in exactly. pride. Yep. And Silva clearly has that win because he upkicked them. And they're like, no, it's illegal. It's like, why? Like, they're both on the ground. Both their well, knees you also are... have to know the rules going in. Like, it's still Silva's fault. But yes, I would like that rule to change as well yeah are there any yeah. other rules like grabbing the fence or anything like that you think that should be yay or nay so sometimes i feel like you should be able to grab the fence because the fence does help the wrestler right because like now he can like pin you there against it so technically why shouldn't it also help the person defending it like i feel in real life if you have something to hold on to to help you like why not and if the fence is there it should help both sides yeah, i think they're worried about the integrity of the fence maybe sometimes or maybe like they break their finger or something yes. in the fence i think that's that, the that whole premise and so like i understand that rule i also feel like if you were grabbing onto the fence though then don't you also lose use of your hands so it'd be easier for you to get punched in the face Right. If the person like got back up, maybe like and even out their gloves more like mittens where they couldn't separate their fingers. Yeah. The fence thing is interesting. I could hear arguments for right. it. You know, like well, so how, about, you how about you allow the fence, but you make a glove that keeps your four fingers together, your thumbs opposing, so you can still grab everything you need to grab, but because you don't have your fingers, that mitten can't fit in the fence to break a finger per se. Yeah. I, I like that you're thinking. But also decrease the likelihood of eye pokes that's all you have to do just put them together exactly they can't exactly. move independently yeah yeah so things like that people are proposing the rule change for eye pokes because they don't want a fight to end like that or be changed maybe the uh integrity of the judges needs to change where they get these judges people have proposed more judges no judges there's all yes. sorts of different things more judges and judges that i think like you should have some fighting experience or like you should pass a test that's like somewhat difficult like okay. you, you should like have studied fighting and understand fighting and like right, this so, is a billion dollar sport like you yeah. should have a college degree in mma 
and you should have taken like you should have watched a hundred hours of fights at least you should have a hundred hours of training you right. should be at least like a purple belt like like fucking like a real okay, cop so like, you know? i'm interested in becoming an mma ref and if someone's listening that can help me make that happen awesome but i saw the requirements even to just be an amateur ref in california uh was you had to be a blue belt at least and i'm really? like oh cool yeah and then in order to amateur ref i think you have to like you have to like volunteer at like 10 different cards or something before you could become like okay like now you're gonna be a ref help score cards or you have to do like some other task or maybe you assist or just watch at a live show or something then you could do amateur matches you do a certain amount of amateur matches then you have the potential to go to like a state the california state athletic commission to become like a pro judge or something like that mm-hmm. how much do you think they get paid like ufc level yeah i want to say they get paid i've looked this up before i guess you could look it up right now i'll, I'll yeah. just go out and say I don't think that much. I think it's like four to six hundred a fight. So they make like a few grand in a night. They do like a five hundred you know, per match. Okay, there you go. Yes. I was gonna say four to six hundred a match. They make like a few grand per fight because they're probably gonna do, you know, five matches in that night or something. It says referees for big high profile fights, you can make as much as two thousand. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, if you're thinking about it as a night of work, it's great. But there is a lot of work to kind of get there. You have yeah. a lot of responsibility. I was going to take this class with Sambo Steve when New York was doing this 10 years ago. I regret I didn't, but I should just try to do it now. I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I just think the more people that did that, the more competition there would be, which would bring about better everything. Yep, better. Yeah. You mentioned more judges. How many more? Yeah, like nine or something, like the Supreme Court. <laughs> like something just <laughs> have like, like enough of a number it's like all right this is clearly like yeah, an I like advantage. That. i definitely think more is better because even if they're bad judges more just decreases the likelihood of something wacky happening exactly and maybe you can have people that have like a little bit different experiences right so there maybe like a jujitsu guy views a fight a certain way and like a wrestler views a fight a certain way but i think yeah that help out the fighters you know this is a billion dollar sport these people aren't even getting paid that much like a couple losses can like really hurt their sponsorships and like their abilities. And you have people, three people that don't know shit about the sport a lot of times, like yeah, determining these people's future. Like I feel so bad, you know, when you have like a terrible yeah. scoring. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd change? Rules, maybe the ring versus cage, size of it. Do you like the smaller cage, the bigger cage? I like the idea of how in other sports the home field advantage is slightly changed. So I think like I would like like okay. a coin flip or something where it's like, cool, you're fighting on grass, you know? Or we're like, yeah. we're fighting outside in a ring or inside in a cage. Like, I think it would be- Well, do you think it should be kind of like each city that they have, it has like a different type of size of the cage or whatever, different, you think it should change the parameters from city? Or do you think each fight, it should be negotiated by maybe the fighters? No, because then you're going to get people that are just going to like want their advantage because it has to be a little bit randomized. So I think it'd be like the random button. Like, all right, this is on grass. Oh, shit, this one's in a ring, you know, like that's going to favor. Like it just will add a little bit of pizzazz. I would like to see them fight on grass. I think that would be like interesting to see. Canvas is hard, no? 
Like, would it hurt that much more to land on ground? And if you're on grass, and... you know how slippery that is? I think it would just be interesting to see them a little bit more different environments. Like, you know, in baseball, you have, like, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. Right. Like, yep. you have, like, uh, football, like, Lambeau. You know, like, it'd be interesting, like, if you like, oh, this yeah, is but... the fight scene of this city. That's true. So even though, like, the, the field can be turf or grass and stuff, and that's cool. Maybe the diamond is like a combination of turf or it's like old dirt or yeah, I get that. But still in terms of football, like the field is the same exact size, same, you know what I mean? Like with the football, actual, with yeah. football, yeah. But with baseball, baseball is unique, right? Like every yeah, other sport though is, I mean, golf, I guess. Okay. It's all built on that, but. Soccer allows you flexibility. Oh, that's true. In, yeah. In pitch size. And so it could help you, like, you know, if you're a faster team, if you're a more defensive minded team. Yeah. And I always thought Olympic hockey was interesting because they expand the size of the rink. And yeah. I feel like that switch up makes it a little more interesting. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of cool to switch it up a little bit. Even the smaller octagon versus the bigger octagon is kind of okay. interesting. That could be so, fun. I was just gearing it more towards can we get more finishes? Would this help the sport? But yeah, I mean, maybe that would help popularity of it is having it. I think fun helps the sport. People were so excited about Fight Island. Like, where are people fighting? Like, this. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And when you fight as a kid, they like tell you where, like, oh, we're fighting, like, at the park, you know, <laughs> like, by the, and it's like, it becomes like the arena. It's sick. Like, you know, you remember that. And I feel yeah. like sometimes there's, they're in these rooms. Like, I don't see any difference between the Apex Center and, some stadium where they're all look the same you're inside and there's lights you know and crowds like i would like to see more different environments i think that would add to the popularity just highlight the city highlight where the fighting from you know like rumble in the jungle like you know give it like some i do like that yeah i i do like that whole idea like maybe even fighters even challenge the other fighter like almost like in the schoolyard like yo i want to fight you in this place you know and yeah, you're like oh exactly. that adds a whole nother element to it that is kind of cool it's like a schoolyard call out actually tennis too right because tennis has like wimbledon on grass and then i think like the french open is on clay each yeah. you have certain athletes that are way better nadal is amazing on clay and what i would love to see in this sport so my dream would be they like the ufc holds its own basic like olympics and you'd have different country representations and an actual tournament. And other Olympians could join in knowing that they're not MMA fighters, but like you oh. get the gold medals in judo, you get like the like Jordan Burroughs, the wrestler wants to join, like he could do it. And yeah, it would be like separated by country. I would I think love it, that. I think it would make the sport the biggest sport in the world after they did that once. That international like, appeal all these arts again it's a way of like paying homage to like the old ufc but still staying within the safe rule set of today oh that's kind of cool the, man and the the olympics are are shameful for the people that are listening i think they tried to cancel wrestling from the olympics even though it was one of the first olympic sports yeah. and it actually brings people together like the u.s team the russian team and the iranian team yeah. those three countries are often considered to be the best wrestlers in the world and then in geopolitics, these three countries tend to hate each other. But it's like these wrestlers love each other, even though their countries hate each other because like they're just all the best. and They all respect each other. And I think it would be amazing to see like a global 
torn and the UFC's like fuck it if the Olympics are too bitch to do this we will do this and like we'll pay for it and like I think you're on to something man that's a really refreshing cool idea I love it yeah oh, oh my dream would be Dana White hears this and hires us to be like, <laughs> like, do like an am- but like you know contender series something amateur but I think at the higher level boxers that did gold medal like you know karate guys in gold medals Ronda Rousey yep. like in judo so yeah let's get those people and who knows like there might be some amazing olympian gold medal olympian in judo that could be a lot of ufc dudes who knows you know like and so i would love to see that there would it would be like march madness where i think we would get to see some surprises so if ufc is hosting it does a country get to decide who represents them i think the people decide the country so this goes back to what we were talking about earlier where they could be like i want to rep this and yeah, you can judge them for wanting to rep in a different type of country, but I feel like it'd be interesting. You know, there's like uh, Kamzat Chimaev was saying he couldn't represent Sweden because he was originally from Chechnya. You know, your country might be full, and so maybe you could try like another country that you also have a kinship with, and it might give you another opportunity to. I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to see who people pick and why, and if they're repping. Yeah, them. That, that, there's something there for sure. That's cool. I, I really like that that's what makes the world cup like the greatest tournament ever. Like I don't love soccer, but I'll always watch the world cup and every country gets involved. And you're telling me all of Canada is not like a 40 year old GSP goes, I'm going to represent Canada. Like, you know, like that Uh, everyone U S versus Russia, like you'd have like real, like Rocky type stuff. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I I was going to approach this question. I've told you this before. I always loved the ring and being like four sides so you can corner people in striking. But I've always thought like the grappling was kind of like not there. So I was like, oh, what if you just made a four-sided cage where now if they get into a corner, whether striking or grappling, you're pretty much going to get a finish. Mm -hmm. Grappling Mm -hmm. is very easy to see. It'd be hard to escape a corner. Striking you could escape a corner if there's rings, right? People play that on the ropes game and they, they find their angle and then they're out. But if you have a cage, you can't play that strategy. It's almost like whoever backs up into a corner first, your likelihood of losing goes way up. Interesting. And I just like that whole idea of like, okay, well now you're going to have athletes that are like fighting for the middle. And if they end up in the corner, cool. Like, all right, like, I would argue like you can change, you don't have to change any other parameter. Just doing that, I theorize, would end up with way more finishes. So your goal is finishes primarily. Yeah, because again, I think that brings more eyeballs to it. Mm-hmm. I also think a square fenced is the schoolyard. Okay. Your schoolyard was a square fenced area that you probably, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. this is... I, I agree with you. That's my theory, yeah. You know what else would also be more fun, too, that I would like to see the UFC do? Um, I don't know if it would like hurt their brand or anything, but like just have some matches that are, oh, yeah, this is just a grappling match. Or this is just a wrestling oh, match. One championship you know? does that. Really? Yeah, one championship does it. They have Muay Thai matches, kickboxing matches, all on the same card. Yeah, I think that would be like, interesting matches, to see yeah. some of the subtle different arts. And I would just also love to see more of like the older guys just still roll and grapple, you know, so they're not yeah. getting like the head beaten, but like you get to see them compete and see how well they do. I think that'd be great. 
modern day jujitsu, watching it is very boring to me unless I know the competitor or something and I'm rooting. But like we're watching like a point system. Maybe there's a sub, you hope. I like the quintet rule set where it's a five on five team and one by one they verse each other. And if it's a draw, they both just get eliminated. So I'm really? like, yeah, like if okay, it goes, there's that. no decision. Like if, if the time limit runs out, they both get eliminated. You go to the next competitors on the team. Mm-hmm. And if there was a significant weight difference, I think it was, I could be wrong in this 20 kilos or something. If there was a 20 kilo weight difference between competitors, the time limit like halved. So that way the smaller competitor, all they had to do is kind of like survive and they can eliminate that other guy. Interesting. I like it, that. Yeah, it, it was so awesome. And you find a lot of these, like Sakuraba is doing those matches. Like he made the quintet system really? and he's also partaking in it. So it's super exciting to watch. Like, and there's been some Love amazing that. stories in terms of grappling. Like you have like Gio Martinez. I forgot this guy's name and he's so good too. You know, he was outweighed by like, you know, 50 pounds, 60 pounds or whatever ended up getting a guillotine on this guy huge upset and you're like oh shit the little guy took out the big guy now they're up like a huge amount like on this team yeah. like it, it's pretty cool I, I like the idea of like a team grappling and also the idea of like oh no there's there's a finish every way if it goes to decision they're both done i think quintet is definitely like where grappling should move towards and it, it appeals to my nature of wanting to see not everybody equal. Like, yeah, some big guys versus little guys. Like, you know, yeah. have it, and see so where they uh, end up. You can't have a guy, you can't have a team of all five big guys either because there's a weight limit for the whole team. Mm. I forget what that number is, but like, yeah, your team as a collective group has to weigh under this certain amount. Let's say. And then the order of the athletes that are picked is determined by your team but you don't know what the other team's going to do. Interesting. So like you might have your light guy first. They might put their big guy first. You know, like you just, you don't know. I like, I, I have to watch some of these then. I have to awesome. watch some of these. I think it's only on UFC Fight Pass, but you could probably find like highlights on YouTube and stuff like that. It's really entertaining. I really enjoy those. I feel like the UFC should hire us. I think we have good ideas. Yeah. I've loved it. I, I feel like that would be such a great job. I really do believe in world peace through fighting and just having all these different countries and races and techniques like coming together. Like, I yeah. think there's just nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It needs to be in the Olympics. I'm going to start a position. I feel like it would be by far the most important dressage. They do like horse dancing as a sport <laughs> in the Olympics. Like, how are you not going to have fighting? Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.